You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. NFT 365, we are brought to you by the Crypto Business Conference. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about falling in to the trap, the ways of the old trap. The idea that sometimes easy or status quo or going with the flow or doing the norm uh, is just the, the way we go about things. But first, before we do that, I wanted to highlight, it's actually a project that we're Probably not going to mint, but it actually is coming out uh, uh, this upcoming week. And there's been a lot of buzz. I won't even say buzz. There's been a lot of uh, shaming hate being thrown uh, their way. And it's from, it's a brand project, right? And I think a lot of times these brand projects, um, they deserve a lot of the, the skepticism around uh, their projects. But this you know small <laughs> brand, maybe we could call it luxury, uh, Tiffany and Company, Tiffany and Co., uh, I'm joking. Of course, we know that is a luxury brand. Um, they are launching their collection, and they just tweeted out uh, today, actually, while we record before we recorded the show, that they're dropping their mint uh, NFT collection, uh, and the mint price is thirty ETH. That is three zero ETH. And of course, as I expected, when people jumped into uh, the the feed below uh, below that uh, that tweet, the the haters, the shamers, the you know those that I mean, there's a lot of people that just don't like brands in this space at all. Are are all up in their in their stuff, right? And the thing that I want us to just kind of remember about this, right? Like if they came out with a, a mint that was 0.3, not 30 ETH, we would have crushed them because we're like, aren't you a luxury brand? Aren't you a brand that has this like high end? You know, you know what? You don't believe in your digital. You're not investing in your digital assets. Now, I'm not coming to the defense only because, you know, their tweet said to find out more information, click this link and you go to the link for the website. There's no roadmap. There's no white paper. There's no breakdown of what you get for holding that 30 ETH NFT. But let's also make it very clear that there are a lot of other projects that have shot up in price to a point where that entry point was there and there wasn't a lot of information out there, right? If you tried to get in the Proof Collective, I think it was probably like 10 days after Proof Collective dropped, I believe it was in that 30 ETH range, right? I remember, um, you know, you know, early on in this whole game, uh, or it's probably about right about now, a year ago, right? I, I probably should have looked up before the episode, um, but I think Board Ape Yacht Club was, you know, pressing, uh, you know, at the end of the summer into that same range, and and for people that wanted to get into a project and remember. That project, you know, yes, it might have had a roadmap when it started, but there wasn't any like kind of connected utility to what's going on. And so I think one of the things I just wanted to put out there is, you know, you're, if we're looking at brands that they're damned if they do and damned if they don't, right? If they drop a free NFT, we're like, of course you're doing it free because you have no plans on keeping, you know, the project going. If you're doing it at 30 ETH, we say, what the hell were you thinking? Like, you're just going to try to steal money, liquidity from our community? You know, like the, the, when, when, we position 
new entry points into this space where it is a lose-lose battle, we are only harming ourselves. And that kind of plays nicely right into this episode. And, you know, part of this episode for me um, is just something, I, I think it's a ever-going frustration that I've had, you know, in the tech space uh, for many years. And, you know, I, I've shared this before in the past, you know, one of the the dream events that I ever wanted to speak at, I finally, you know, got my name on uh, the main stage at this event that was happening in Las Vegas in the technology space, one of the biggest events in the world. And I was completely distraught and disappointed when I saw the promo graphics and what was being put out on the website was putting out beyond on social. And so much so that I didn't believe that I could, you know, with in good conscience to myself and my having my own, like knowing how I, you know, I show up and the things that matter to me, I didn't believe that, uh, you know, there was a way for me to move forward and be a, a part of that event. And, and the reason was, was it wasn't just the fact that there was three men on the promo graphic for the main stage announcement for this, this big, large event, but it was three white men as well. And when I clicked on the first page of that event, and this is a couple of years back now, four years back, I believe, um, there was the first two pages of high featured speakers happened to be all men. Now, some of them were not white, as if like that maybe that was the step in a direction. And for me, you know, fudding that or, you know, going speaking out, you know, very openly against it, you know, from the jump to me would have seemed very um, self-serving, which I think is something that, you know, I, I do my best to try to avoid here, especially in this NFT Web3 space. Uh, I wish a lot of other uh, influencers and thought leaders in NFT uh, Web3 space uh, also took that into account. I know um, there are some that do and, and, and many that don't. And so I ended up backing out that event. You know, I wrote them a letter on why I was backing out of that event. Um, and I also recommended some people that I thought should replace me that were not males, were not white, and that I thought would be a great step in the right direction. Now, I will tell you, they did replace me with another white male. Um, and there was no, you know, press or publicity about it until about a month after the event when someone had actually, I think, seen one of the um, they had actually had a poster printed out with me announcing me as the speaker. And when they inquired about why I um, you know, wasn't there, someone actually had forwarded them the letter that I had writ written about why I was backing out of that event. And I say all of that because when we look at, and it's not just events, when we look at team dynamics, when we look at how we are you know, growing and expanding what is possible in Web3, there is no doubt in my mind, none whatsoever, that the more unique views and diverse opinions and diverse perspectives and diverse experiences that we are able to bring into projects, bring into this space, the better the space will be, the better your project will be. Now, it's easy to say that, but it's a whole nother thing because we have to back it up. And I've been extremely disappointed in the last couple of weeks as I see, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, there seems to be a, an NFT event every week in every city almost um, where they're just kind of like, I, would, I wouldn't even say that they're events or conferences, right? There definitely should, we should find a way to kind of separate the difference between those two, right? Because, you know, some of it is like, a, I think a money grab where people are like, hey, people will travel and pay a ticket for an event. People will come speak for free. Like our overhead is the venue. The other part of it, I think is, 
is that people are trying to make friends with the, the who's who. And what better way than to cut that short than say, hey, I'm putting on an event. I would love for this person, this person, and this person to come speak. And, and you know, when they come speak, now they're, you know, they're getting to know them as the event organizer. And, and some people are using that as kind of a, a shortcut for putting in the work to actually you know, build relationships and get to know people in the space. Which that game's been, that's not anything new either, right? I, I know that's also, you know, what brands often do with, uh, you know, some of those influencer plays where in many cases, they're just looking to get on the radar of that influencer or thought leader. But one of the things that I, I, I don't care if it's a meetup, I don't care if it's a pop-up, you could call it a, an event, you can call it a conference, you could call it, um, an, you know, you can call it a, what was the one of the ones they used as a... Um, you know, they had a symposium. Uh, I didn't even know I was like a symposium. Like, that sounds like a little too official for Web3. But I think the, the, the piece of this that is really, you know, that is important for us to think about is it's no longer just okay to think about like optics. It's no longer just to think about, you know, hey, we need to make sure that, um, you know, we aren't going to get flack. The truth is your event, your your pop-up, your meetup, whatever, your conference, if it doesn't display what the world represents, our chance and our ability to welcome the world into this space will never be welcoming, will never be something that is possible or is the, you know, the vision that many of us have for Web3. And I will tell you, you know, for me, part of that, you know, is included in, you know, some projects, some projects are doing a great job where, you know, if, if, if you, if you don't see it, right, if you don't see it being built, or maybe you don't see representation of who you are or your background and this type of project, you can build it. That is a beautiful thing about this space. But I truly believe that when we're thinking about supporting an event, when we're thinking about attending an event, we have, to, we have to really put our money where our mouth is. We need to really back up our approaches to what we want to see in Web3, what we believe needs to be seen in Web3. And to me, that means hands down, without question, no bones about it, the diversity of thought, diversity of race, diversity of gender, diversity of geographical locations, because if we think about web three, removing the borders around, you know, currency and digital exchange and empowering those voices that have not had voices before to be able to create, to be able to share their amazing creativity with the world. Well, that also has to be represented in every aspect of what we're doing. And for me, this is one that, you know, I understand that a lot of projects are born as like a team of one or two friends or two or three people. But there, there becomes a point where not only do we have to understand the value of us you know, going outside of our circle and you know, putting in the, the groundwork, but it also comes into the play where it's, no long, it's not just about checking a box. It's not just about, it's more about the idea that we don't know what we don't know and we don't know what we haven't experienced and we don't know how things are ultimately received until we're willing to put in the work to be able to actually, you know, change perspectives, to welcome in new voices, new people, new backgrounds. And I understand that there in many of the, these spaces, there might be less of one, you know, geographical location or less of one race or less of one uh, sex. But 
just because there is less of does not mean there aren't not only qualified, but in many cases, overqualified people that we can empower, that we can, you know, leverage, that we can, you know, amplify. And I, for one, will tell you that I, you know, I, I refuse to stand by, you know, I refuse to not use my voice. Uh, I will, you know, be one that will call out. Um, and I, I prefer to be put on check as well, right? I think this is something where we, we can all become better, right? We can all improve, right? We can all think about, you know, not only are the circles that we're running in, but how can we expand that circle? How can we make the effort, right? I think, you know, one of the things that's beautiful about this space is you can buy an NFT for any collection. Like I've never seen an NFT that said only this, this race or this sex can buy the NFT. I mean, we're recording this right now. I'm rocking a, a Crypto Chicks merch. And I talk a lot about Crypto Chicks here on the podcast. But a lot of it is because not only did I feel welcoming, you know, even though I am a cis white male, but I, I felt empowered by you know, the, the ability to be welcomed in and support and to even back up you know, the things that I'm saying and the things that I'm putting out there to the world. You know, and that also includes you know, even what we're sharing, how we're sharing things. Like I would challenge everyone, to look, at, look in your bag, look in your NFT holdings and ask yourself, how diverse are these projects? Maybe even in culture, right? And how many projects do you have that have, um, you know, maybe a, a, you know, expand your network, your community? When you think about ROI or the utility of an NFT project, how, how much money would you pay to be able to be, have a new perspective, to be able to put yourself in the shoes of those that maybe you haven't been exposed to, you haven't been around in your, in your day-to-day lives. To me, that's type of thing that can change your life, can change your children's life, your neighbor's life, your coworker's life, your peer's life, by simply making these efforts, going above and beyond to you know, make sure that we're leaning in and finding new projects, new leaders, new creators. And like, I will tell you for our mint 365, like one of the things that I've been trying to even be better at is like the style of creative art, right? Like we've done spoken word, we've done music, we've done fashion, we've done, you know, I've been really working towards, you know, and we've had, you know, diversity of founders across the board with our mint 365. But I'm also always looking for, you know, new ways that people are creating, new ways that NFTs are, are being presented. And even in, in some cases, new team dynamics, right? Because there are some great people that can come on to teams as advisors. And if we bring them in on as advisors, but not because we just want their picture on our website, but because we understand that their unique perspective, their unique experience will provide us value, will allow us to not only reach new uh, you know, audience, but allow us to provide a more holistic view of what's going on. Now, that on on top of that, when it comes to you know everything from you know what are we supporting, who are we following, you know this is another part of mine that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, right? If there are people in this space that are not backing up what they have to say, you shouldn't be following them on Twitter. You shouldn't be going into their Twitter spaces. You shouldn't be holding their NFTs. Because here's the truth. If our actions, specifically our actions that are transparent and public, public like they are on the blockchain, do not match the Web3 world that we want to be a part of, that we want to create, that we want to build together, 
then we are no better than those that were in the past that believe their silence was making a difference. We're no better than those that, you know, checked the box and said, hey, we, we interviewed one person from a different race, so now we can go hire that person that is in our, in our circle or our good old boy club. We're no better. And because that transparency is there, it provides us a great opportunity to not even have to be the ones that are soapboxing it. We don't have to be the ones that are talking about it everywhere. We can be the ones that are backing it up, that are demonstrating through that diversity of thought, diversity of projects, even diversity of profile photo photos that we might be collecting, right? You know, I think one of the things that we have to recognize is we also have, you know, an inclined bias in many ways when we're thinking about art or what we, what we love. And to me, like one of those things can shine through when we aren't willing to kind of, you know, approach things through a different lens. The last thing I will say is that, you know, if you listen to the interview I did with Spotty Wi-Fi, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, you know I used my, my phrase that, you know, I don't ever speak for free, but in some cases I do speak for no fee. And what I mean by that is like I have a value chart and depending on what that event can check off from a value, one of the values of course is financial money, right? How much I'm getting paid. But there are others that we have weighted as well. And there are some, in many cases, where I did not get paid a fee in dollars, but what I was provided, right? The, I, was, I was given an, uh, you know, a four-person you know, four video record of my presentation. I was given access to interview uh, an executive at that company. I was able to share the stage and have a sit-down fireside chat with this person that I've been trying to get on the radar. I was able to be able to be promoted through their email newsletter and these other things. Some of those events have given me tens of thousands of dollars, even though they gave me zero for speaking on stage. But when it comes to this idea of like truly valuing creatives, valuing our time, the funny thing about this whole conversation is those of us in the NFT space, we get a little bitter when people talk about right-click JPEGing, right? Or, wow, you guys just love those JPEGs you spend way too much money on. But how are we being different if we are not going above and beyond to reward, to incentivize, to really amplify and, and bring life to those that we believe should have these, you know, their voice heard and their you know, conversations happen. So I refuse to be a part of or support events that have mantles. For those that don't know a mantle, it is an all-male panel. And please, for love of everything, don't you dare just kind of be like, well, you know, we just threw a female moderator up there so we could have the four guys do all the talking. And there are plenty of amazing female moderators, amazing ones. But let's not use that like token, uh, you know, slot. And, and, and just for those that are out there, panels as a whole do not suck. Most of them do, but not because they're a panel, but because the moderator has not been trained or empowered, or knows how to facilitate a great panel, and the event itself has not set them up for success. They have not given them enough time or resource or phone calls ahead of time. I take great pride, great pride in my ability to moderate panels. But you know how many years I've been moderating panels? I started moderating panels in 2013. For me, I was not very good. But if you get on a, a panel with me now, you are not allowed to have a, a headset or a lavalier. You must have a handheld mic. Why would that be? Because when we say this panel is going to be a conversation, 
Yet we have no signal, no nonverbal cue to signal others on the panel with us when we're done talking or that we want to jump in. It'll never be a conversation. We will just literally wait our turn. But if we have a handheld microphone and you're able to, well, or bring it back to our mouth. And if you are next, if you are, you know, want to jump in, you simply bring the microphone to your mouth. Then me as a moderator knows I don't jump in. I let the conversation flow naturally. These are little things that need to be thought of and embraced when we're thinking about like building out these great conversations, empowering our ability to really, you know, do what I believe, right? Educate, motivate, inspire, Every time we take the stage, every time that we put on, you know, an NFT, you know, conversation or an event or a Twitter space, whatever it may be. The last thing about this is that we also have to give grace and we also have to give people the benefit of a doubt when it comes to, you know, their ability or skill set in many cases to deliver messages in ways that maybe we want them, right? You know, I, I know one of the things here on the podcast is pretty funny. Um, and this isn't really bragging. I just, I, you know, a lot of people will get off being interviewed with us. And the first thing they'll say is like, holy hell, that's the best interview I've ever been on. And it's not saying that I am the greatest interviewer ever. But I know that they as, and many are creators. Many are introverted. Many have never been on podcasts before, or if they have, they've been given a list of questions and said, these are the nine questions you're going to answer, and this is what I'm going to have. And that's less of an interview and more of a firing squad, if you ask me. It's just more of like, hey, here's these, you know, it's like bam, 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 right? Anyone that's heard those type of interviews. But for me, like part of what I take pride in is, is my job is to have them trust me for me to research and know enough about what their goals, their mission, what, what they hope others will take away from that, and then set them up for that. That's really what my job is as an interviewer. I, I tried my best on that with a, an, inter, an interview we just did a couple episodes ago, right, with our, our friends from Metaversity, right? I did that a, a little while back for, you know, celebrating Pride Month and International Pride Day when we brought on a very amazing panel of strong leaders. And for me, you know, I, I just leaned to them and said, if you can trust me and you can lean into this conversation, I'm going to help you make, I'm going to make you look good because that's really what my job is in that scenario. But I also know that that is not, you know, a skill that is easily developed or easily created. And so we as, as leaders, we as those that believe in this space, we also have to go out of our way to help teach, to help inspire, to help motivate. And in many cases, even give feedback, not unsolicited feedback for no reason or not feedback with a hidden agenda. But in many cases, and, and, and I know many of you that listen to this, you guys, you've known this, that if I, if I know someone is maybe being interviewed for the first time on a Twitter space, maybe they're hosting their very first Twitter space. Shout out to Travi. I remember when Travi was hosting his very first uh, Twitter space and he was really you know, nervous and there was a lot of energy that was going up. And, and I think my first message to him halfway through um, that Twitter space was, dude, you sandbagged me. Like I thought you were like, you know, you were going to struggle. I mean, he killed it. But he also was like, Brian, I would love to know what else I can do to, to level up. I want to be better. I want to, I want to, I want to become, you know, someone that can step into this role at, at a, at a greater level. And, and we've been able to, you know, not only create a friendship, but, you know, share that, you know, kind of the feedback or ideas or thoughts. And we even had Travi here on a guest. You guys can go back and, and give that episode a listen. But the reason I say all of that is because the other problem with this is that for, for far too long, People have not been given the chance, the experience, the, the platform to hone those skills. And because they haven't, they're at a disadvantage starting now. But because they're just at a disadvantage does not mean we can't help make that possible. 
right? And so I will, I will just say that in, in the sense of one of the things that I get frustrated is that I will hear things like, well, we tried that and it didn't work. Well, you tried it because you put every effort in humanly possible to make it succeed, or you tried it because you knew that you wanted to check that box, and if it didn't work, you're like, oh, at least we tried, and if it did work, you're like, hey, I'm a genius, look at me. Because that type of, of thought, that type of, uh, of, of really kind of empowerment doesn't work. It doesn't work today. We have to understand how to set people up for success. And depending on our background, depending on our experience, that setting up for success is going to be different. And guess what? What success looks like is also going to be different. And so I'm putting you know, events on notice right now. This is me putting events on notice. If you have nothing but mantles, if you have nothing but white men on your promo graphics or on your uh, website, if I have to only find one damn conversation that is led by women and it is a topic about women in a space, I will put you on blast. I will call out your event. I will use your hashtag. I have no, you know, no bones about it. I've, I've built my brand and my you know, beliefs on, on a lot of things that I'm very strongly passionate about. And this is one of them that I will no longer stay silent on. I will no longer be the one that five years ago at the event, I tell you, this was like a dream event for me. But what I was so scared of was like people would have approached my, my pulling out of that event because I wanted to make the headlines or I want, cause I wasn't the main uh, keynote. There was three of us on the main stage, but there was one person that was the main keynote. And I, and I kept that a little silent. And you know what? The next year, they didn't have just all men on there, but they did have all just white people on there. And it wasn't until the following year that they actually changed, and it actually was a graphic that I could say I would speak at that event. Probably lost my chance to speak at that event because of, of the way I pulled out, but that, I have no bones about that. So I will just leave you with that. I will leave you with the idea that, you know, for me, for, for I love being a part of great events. Um, there's nothing better in the world for me than being on stage. I, I cherish it with every fiber of my being. It's the place I'm most zen. It's the job I want to do for the rest of my life. But it is not a job I want to do when I can't be proud of the people that are being hired, the effort that is being put in to bring diverse voices, diverse people, unique experiences, unique points of view to the table. And so I would challenge everyone else that's out there as well. You don't have to you know, voice your opinion if that's not where you're comfortable, but you could flex your social equity, right? You could unfollow. You could call them out. You could send them a direct message and, and highlight why you won't be a part of you. Whatever is comfortable for you. I'm just sharing with you, the listeners, what I'm currently comfortable with and what you can expect moving forward. With that being said, one of the events that I am very proud to be a part of, and I'm excited to see as we develop you know, the speaker lineup and the, the growth of this conference, it is the Crypto Business Conference. It is happening uh, in October in San Diego. It is put on by Social Media Marketing World. Uh, now, that is a, a Social Media Marketing World or Social Media Examiner uh, is an event that's been going on for many, many years, the largest social media event in the world. And Michael Stelzner, who happens to be the, the, the host of the Crypto Business Conference, we interviewed him here on the podcast um, is the founder of that company and building that out. And I will tell you, like to me, when we think about like these events and think about you know the people that we get to work with, we also just have to think about like how can we you know 
bring in other people that have connections, right? Like part of this whole collaboration and community uh, perspective is if we start collaborating and jumping into more communities, it opens up more doors and more conversations. And I'm excited for what, you know, crypto business conference has going on. I will tell you, we have a couple of things in the works, uh, in 2023 that I'm excited to, you know, spearhead and lead, but I'm also one that, you know, is, you know, open and willing to, you know, provide connections to help people out to connect people in my world that might be people that will be, you know, great at your event. And so if you are someone that is advising an event or involved in an event, and what they're telling you is they're struggling to find somebody of whatever that might be, you know, my DMs are open. And I, if I can connect you with someone that I believe, not because they've meet that demographic, but because they deserve that microphone, they deserve that time, they deserve that stage because of the body of work that they've provided. And they might just not be someone that you're familiar with. I will gladly do the intro. I will gladly make the make those connections. I mean, on my phone, I have a a, a note with a bunch of speakers that I've heard in person, a bunch of people that I trust. And next to them, I have the topics they talk on. I have their, you know, their email address. And when someone comes to me and says, Brian, do you know a speaker that talks about this or is focused on this? I will go to that list and I will look at who I believe is best. And then I will happily, you know, do intros or recommend some people that are, are people that are of value, people that are, have unique perspectives and people that share, you know, my mission, my purpose when it comes to, you know, let's, let's not allow the ways of the old just because something is easy, just because we've always done it in the past. If we've always done it in the past, it's led to a broken world that we're in today. It's time for us to push forward. It's time for us to embrace change. It's time for us to do the hard things and recognize that sometimes, you know, you're going to have to be okay not being okay. You're going to have to be okay in that awkward moment where you're recognizing some of the things that you have to change. But if you're willing to do that, we will design a Web3 world that I believe we'll be much more proud of. We'll make much bigger change in. And in probably the coolest part of this whole thing is we won't have to worry about you know, people growing up in this world today that don't see the jobs or the roles as possible because they can't picture themselves in that because someone that looks like them or someone from their background or someone with their color of skin or their sexual orientation has never had that role. I'm a big believer that once, this, once we start making these strides, the great people that are doing great things are the ones that are going to be inspiring, educating, and motivating the future. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.